Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likut HaLochas, Yoradea, Chelek Sheni, Hilchas Mila, Halacha Hei, Paragraph Yud Aleph. We dedicate the learning today, Le'ilu Nishmas, Yen Tefrad Al-Bas Rabbi Harene Kaporas Mishkova, and for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Pesia Bas Chayester, Chavivachana Bas Galia, David Ben Behia, Shandel Baslea, Idis Bas Miriam Brindel, Michal Sora Bas Hadassa, Sora Yehudis Bas Sora, Yehudis Ruchoma Bas Chavarus, Chaim Aryeh Ben Brocha, Chaim Ben Rachel, Nisim Ben Rivka, David Lay Ben Shena, Shlomo Nisim Ben Mazel, Rivka Bas Yentamachla, Avram David Ben Chana, Sora Gittel Bas Chanariva, Miriam Esther Bas Sora Gittel, Hillel Yisrael ben Sora Nechem Yizalman ben Sora Fega, Hillel ben Brocha Nechama, Chana bas Sora, Avigail Brocha bas Shira Dvoira, Sora Leia bas Chavaliba, and her newborn baby, Baruch Mordechai ben Tali, Dvoira Gila Simcha bas Chava, Akiva Michoel ben Sora Ahuva, Chaim Yitzchok ben Chanarivka, Yehudis Nechama bas Miriam, Shlomoi ben Rivka Sprinza, Chaim Tzvi ben Dvoiraleya, Yosef ben Simcha, Mindel bas Miriam, Mindel bas Freda Rivka, Yerachmiel Yisrael Doiv ben Frumet Nechama, Leib ben Jenya, Besoich Shar Choyle Yisrael. We were discussing the halacha regarding a person who owns an Eved, an Eved Kanani, the requirement to give him a bris mila. And we spoke about it quite a bit, that an Eved Kanani is called Kinyan Kaspoi, something that I acquired with my money. And we spoke about the fact that making a tikkun for the Eved Kanani is making a tikkun for my money. Now Rav Zal continues, V'zehu v'yohafto es Hashem alikecha, Bechol levovcha, uvechol nafshcha, uvechol moidecha, shenismach achar posuk shma Yisrael Hashem alakeno Hashem echad. Right after we say the sentence Shema, which finishes with the words Hashem echad, Hashem is one. Sheze iker bechinas habitol. This is one of the main places in our tefillah where we're trying to accomplish this beetle. When we say the Shema, we close our eyes tightly and we even put our hands over our eyes. We're trying to achieve that beetle, that nullifying ourselves to Hashem, the lichloil ba'achdusoi, to become part of the oneness of Hashem, b'mesirus nefesh al kiddush Hashem, by thinking about the fact that I'm, I'm ready, I would be ready to die to sanctify the name of Hashem. That's this incredible beetle that's taking place when a person is saying that first sentence, Shema. And afterwards, we say, Baruch Shem Kloi Malchus, and then we say, V'yohavta Es Hashem Alekecha. Kemoyisham Rabbi Seinuzal, as the Zohar Kodesh says, that that's what a person is supposed to be thinking about when they say that first sentence, Shema, that I'm ready to die for this. Just like Rabbi Akiva, the Gemara tells us that the Romans were raking his flesh with, with iron combs, raking the flesh off his body and he said the Shema 
and his soul left him with the word Echad. And then we say that sentence to love Hashem with your whole heart, with your whole soul, and with all of your wealth. Shehu The Gemara Bracha says that one of the definitions of Ma'idecha is your wealth, your money. So what what's the connection between the Shema and loving Hashem with your money? We're trying, when we said the Hashem Echad, we went into that beetle. We're coming back down and we want to draw that light, the imprint of that light of beetle. We want to draw it into our heart and soul and into our money, all of our possessions. The term Amoinoi Shekoilel Kol Chemdas Oilam Hazer. The term money in this context is an umbrella term referring to all of the materialistic desires. That I'm ready to nullify and negate all of it for Hashem. Because in order for a person to really succeed, in this process, the beetle and then drawing down the Rishimu and attaching oneself to that Rishimu requires that the person purify not only themselves, but purify all of their possessions. That all of my possessions are only for Hashem. Because as we explained earlier, the, the tumma of the snake attaches itself most to all the materialistic things in this world. Vishom Iker Tikun Hakalin. And it's in all of these materialistic objects, my house, my car, my everything, that that the this ability to be Mesakin Kalim, to prepare vessels in which to receive and hold on to that light. Ki ikra hisavus bechina sakalim hu bebechina smoil. Because it's known in Sifrei Kabbalah that the whole concept of creating vessels is, is, rela- is associated more to the left side, to Midas Hagvura, which is the Mida of Tzimtzum, constriction. And that's what money and materialistic possessions are all about. They're coming from the left side. As it says in the Pasuk, that wealth is associated with the left side. Question? It seems impossible to think of all these important things in the short time that most shuls give you to say those two sentences. It's like, how do we handle that, the fact that you really want to think deeply during that time. Question that in, in, the, in most shuls, in most synagogues, when they're praying, when they, in the time allotted to say the Shema, it seems almost impossible to think any of these kind of thoughts. The answer is that practice makes perfect to it in a sense. Some of it comes from getting used to it, that sometimes when you start doing something, it takes you longer to do it. 
And when you do it again and again, you get quicker at it. I'm, I'm, I'm being very serious that it's possible for a person who gets used to saying this, that, for example, when we say the word Echad, the Shulchan Aruch tells us that the Aleph, a person is supposed to think of, that Hashem is one above and below. The Ches, that Hashem exists and, and, and created seven heavens plus earth. The Dalit, when a person says the Dalit, they're supposed to think of east, west, north, and south, and they're supposed to think that I'm ready to accept upon myself the four Misois Bezn, Skila, Sreifa, Herik, Chenik, for Hashem, for Hashem. It seems like a lot, and in, in a way it is a lot, but if a person gets used to it, a person does it repeatedly, sometimes a person's more asleep one day than another day, and it goes by and the guy, oops, where was I? I was unconscious at the time I was saying this, I wasn't thinking. But when I am thinking, I could try to, to push myself. We learned yesterday, we were learning about the brach of Mechaya Mason yesterday or the day before, that it starts with Tchiyasa Mason, it ends with Tchiyasa Mason, and in the middle it speaks about the physicality, the, the health and the wealth and all of those things. A person might not, able to, might not be able to be conscious of that every day, but the more a person does it, the more it becomes more natural, and a person can do it sort of quickly. Now, Rav Nosanzal says, And everything we're speaking about here is also related to the holiness of Shabbos. Shehi HaTachlis. Note, Shabbos is called Tachlis. We say it in the Shmon Esrei on Shabbos morning. Yismach <coughs> Moishma. We, we, we mentioned this word Tachlis there. Bechinas Oilam Haba. So that Shabbos is like Ola, it's a taste of Olam Haba, the future world. She'oz mizbatlen kol Then, there, all 39 acts of work disappear. Ve'oz ikr shleimus hadas. And on Shabbos is when a person experiences a much higher level of das than during the six days of the week. Le'idami menu yisborach. To, to be aware and conscious of Hashem through that light that was brought down from the beetle. Because on Shabbos, we negate, we do away with all 39 acts of work which are related to money. And based on this, we'll understand also, based on everything we learned about Mila, we can understand why Mila can override Shabbos. Ki kabel kedusha Shabbos. Shehi hatachlis kim harla. Because we learned that there's a two-step procedure that's needed. Step one is remove the arla. Step two is the priya, the, 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 the beetle, the, the, the rishimo, etc., so even though Shabbos is an aspect of this beetle and, and receiving the Rishit's high-level das, the preparation for it is mila, the removing of the arla. Just like the Gemara tells us, for example, the Gemara says, Mi she-torach be'erev Shabbos, yechel be'Shabbos. If a person made the proper preparation during the six days of the week, they'll have what to eat on Shabbos. What's that preparation during the week? 
being mekadesh the 39 acts of work, trying to purify and trying to sanctify those 39 acts of work, that it should be meleches hamishkan. That's the preparation for this high-level bitul and reshima which comes down on Shabbos. That's why the Ben can say that one hour of learning on Shabbos is like a thousand hours during the week, because again, a thousand is the keser. The, the keser is called thousands. Aleph, Elef, Pele. And on Shabbos we say keser. Now, paragraph Yudbeis, Rav Nosan Zal gives us a, a, an explanation of next week's Parsha. Today we're in Parsha's Vezchanan. Tomorrow, today is Erev Tishabov, Tavshin Pegimel. Tomorrow on Tishabov, we're going to be reading a short portion of Parsha's Vezchanan, I believe. And then on Shabbos, we'll have Parsha's Vezchanan. On Shabbos Mincha already, we're going into Parsha's Ekev. Parshas Ekev begins with when you will listen to all of these commandments. And now Rav Nosan Zal explains Ki kol sefer Mishneh Torah hu shemoyshe moichiach es Yisroel sheyekaimu es ha-Torah v'yekashru oiso heitei belibam sheloi tishokach v'tavromehem If you look at the entire Chumish Dvarim which is called Mishneh Torah What's going on there is that Moshe Rabbeinu is rebuking Klal Yisrael that we should start being getting serious and fulfilling the Torah and attach the Torah deeply, strongly to our hearts so that we don't forget it <coughs> and we don't let it, we don't leave it ever. That's what we've been discussing in this halacha. That we should attach that light from that Rashimu, Shemishon Kol Hatoira. And Rabbein Azal said in chapter 65, and we mentioned it several times here, that that's where all the Torah comes from. And to bind it solidly to our hearts. How? By studying and fulfilling the Torah and all of its mitzvahs. And this is why if you look in Chumash Dvarim, Moshe Rabbeinu repeats. We have a repetition of the Ten Commandments. And we have a repetition of the discussion about Kriya's splitting of the Red Sea. Kimavura bisdorim hakoidmen, as is expressed in the previous parshas, kamashikosu b'vayeschanan, as it says in parshas v'eschanan, ato horeisol adas ki Hashem hu aleikim. You are the ones who were zeicher. You Hashem showed us, and we we were zeicher to see that Hashem is aleikim, the oneness of Hashem. V'chein choizer v'shayin Hashem kol ma'is Hashem agod v'anoyra she'osa b'matan Torah, and so too in chumish dvarim. Moshe Rabbeinu repeats and reviews everything, the, the great, incredible things that took place at Matan Torah, Shediberi Mohim Ponim Beponim, that Hashem spoke to us face to face. And after that, we see in the Chumish, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Shema Yisrael, Shehu Mitzvah's Kriya Shema Bechol Yoim, which is this mitzvah that we have on a daily basis to say the Shema. Shemuchuyev kolechad mi Yisrael loy me kriyashma b'chol yoyim b'mesiras nefesh, 
whereby every single Jew is required to say Kriyashma every day and to have in mind when I'm saying the Shema that what I'm saying is that I'm prepared and ready to give up my life for Hashem. In order to connect and attach oneself to that oneness. That's what it takes, as we saw in the case of Rabbi Akiva, that by them raking, by, by tearing his flesh, removing his flesh, that's what led him rocket and go up to this highest level of dveikus. This explains why we close our eyes when we say the Shema, in order to attach ourselves to become part of that ultimate Tachlis, which is all oneness. And as Rabbi Nezal teaches us over there in chapter 65, a person cannot become part of that oneness without closing your eyes to this world, which is the opposite of oneness, which is diversity. And after the Shema, Moshe Rabbeinu said, and you will bind it, you'll attach it onto your hands, the Chola Parshia Shachrov, and all these subsequent Parshas of the Shema. Shebekulam Moichicham Lekayim Esatoira. In all of those places, Moshe Rabbeinu is rebuking us and, and telling us, make sure you fulfill the Torah. Kedei Lekasher Hisnoitzitzu Lekusis Borapalibam. In order to bind tightly that heavenly light that we receive from the beetle, from the Shema Yisrael Hashemot Shemachod, to bind it tightly to our hearts. And now I understand why after Parshas Vo'eschanan, we go into Vo'hoyo Ekev Tishmoen. Ekev bechinas raglin. The word Ekev means the heel of the foot. Hainu shetekashvu es ha-toyra belevavchem kol kach, what the Torah is teaching us here is that we are required to bind the Torah, this great light to our hearts so solidly that it'll be able to flow and reach all the way down to our feet. Which means it'll go into all of our materialistic possessions our money, which is called the feet. Kamashikosov, as it says in Chumash Dvorim, Ves Kol Hayekum and all of those things which stood them up on their feet, and the Gemara says, This refers to a person's wealth, a person's money, which is what stands him up on his feet. So it, 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 the Torah is teaching us we want to do the beetle, we want to bring down that light from the Rishimu, that Torah, bring it down and bind it solidly to our hearts, that it should be well enough, it should be strong enough in our hearts, that from our hearts it'll be able to reach down to our feet. We know there's a pasuk, Liboy Nosa Esraglov, his heart lifted up his feet. When a person has Simcha, when a person has Hashem, solidly in their heart, they can dance. They can pick up their feet and dance. 
And again, the feet in this context also refers to all of our monetary possessions. Because, ah, I'm sorry, and the Pasa continues, And if you do this, Hashem will guard and protect your bris, your covenant, and chesed. Because if you follow this procedure, you will have the vessels into which to be able to receive Hashem's kindness. Because one of the main ways that a Jew prepares proper kalim to receive Hashem's light and Hashem's chesed is when we make a tikkun for our possessions. All of our money and our possessions is where all the materialistic desires of this world are found. And when a person binds that to Hashem, for example, when a person's eating, and a person says, Baruch Hashem, before they eat that delicious, delicious item that they enjoy and love so much, they enjoy its physicalness, Baruch Hashem, Melech I'm attaching it, I'm plugging it into Hashem. And, and when, I, when I walk into my house, my beautiful house with the beautiful front, I kiss the mezuzah, I'm connecting to the Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elkin Hashem Echad, that's in that mezuzah. I'm connecting it all to Hashem. And if I, somebody tells me, you, you have a beautiful house, Hashem gave me this beautiful, this beautiful chair, this beautiful music, whatever it is, anything and everything, always connecting it to Hashem. And now we understand also why Moshe Rabbeinu refers to the Torah in this passage as laws. Mishpatim means laws, judgments. Because the term Mishpat also means suffering. He has a judgment against him, meaning they've decreed that he's going to suffer. He's going to jail, or, or they're going to hang him, whatever it is. Kamashapirish Rashi be Yeshaya, as Rashi Kodesh points out in Yeshaya Navi, chapter 32, Shemishpat Meshamesh Sholosh Lashonais. That the word Mishpat has three definitions. Ki Iker Kabolas Hatoiro Hualidei Yisurin. Listen to these words. That for a person to really be able to receive the Torah, it requires suffering. It requires enduring struggle, difficulty. Because that suffering is what pushes the person to close their eyes to all the nonsense going on in this world. Rabbi Nezal says in Sikha Saran, when a person's very sick, you put a delicious, gorgeous steak sandwich in front of them, no thanks, not interested, no appetite. When a person, why? Rabbi Nezal says, because when a person is sick, it means they're one step out of this world. They're starting to leave the world. And when a person starts leaving this world, all the taivos of Olam Hazed don't interest them. It's not appealing. It's not attractive anymore. So Yisurim are what make a person lose some of that desire for materialism. When a person's enduring Yisurim, they're not looking at it. They close their eyes to, to the physical world. 
V'nichlolim b'yechad. And by doing that, we're plugging into that oneness. Shalidezeh mekabla mishom mishpete ha And that's what enables us to receive the Torah, which is also called mishpat. V'alkei nikreis ha-Torah mishpat. This is one of the reasons why the Torah is called mishpat, because you can't really achieve success in Torah without it. There's a story in the Gemara about Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, I believe it was, who was not handsome. And the Gemara says that the, one of the, uh, the princess once saw him and she saw his incredible, incredible wisdom. I, it was either Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi or Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananiah. And she commented, you know, it's such a shame to have so much wisdom, knowledge, in such an ugly vessel, this ugly person. So, you know, can you explain that? Why would, why would Hashem do that? Like, why would God do that? He said, you know, I'm, I'm going to show you why. He said, your father has wine, right? One of the most expensive and important things that your father possesses is his wines, Right? And he keeps it in those ugly, stupid oak, oak kegs. That's an insult to the kingdom and to the king. You should put that wine into vessels of gold, gold, thing, gold things. She said, that's a great idea. She went and went into one of the wine cellars and had the servants pour out the wine from those oak kegs, ugly oak kegs, and put it into these beautiful gold or silver receptacles. Naturally, all the wine spoiled. And when the king found out who did it, he asked her, why'd you do this? She said, because I, the rabbi told me. Why'd the rabbi tell you? Because I told him he looked ugly. He was very ugly. And I said, and that was how she learned the lesson that sometimes the way Hashem created the world, certain very expensive, precious items have, the, in order for them to maintain their preciousness, they have to be in less pretty kalim. Prettiness in the way we define it in prettiness in this world, in Gashmias. And, and this is why the Mishnah says in Pirkei Ovois, Kach Torah. This is the, the path to Torah. What's the path to Torah? Pas Eat bread with salt. And drink water. And val ha'oretz tishon, and sleep on the floor. And if you do that, ashrecha v'toivloch. If you do that, you will achieve real success in Yiddishkeit. Ashrecha in this world, you'll have a wonderful life in this world, you'll have a wonderful life in Olam Haba. Does this mean that all of us should give away our houses and our cars and our furniture and our bed? We don't need a bedroom setting. Well, let's sleep on the floor. The answer is, we don't have to. We don't have to. But it means that the more a person wants to achieve closeness to Hashem, the more a person has to pull away less Gashmias. Or even if I possess the Gashmias, it doesn't, it, it, it's, it, I don't have to have it. There are people who if I can't sleep in my bed or if I can't have two pillows, or I can't, I can't exist, I can't sleep, I can't, I can't live. I have to have my coffee in the morning. A, a person who wants to really get close to Hashem and succeed in Torah and Yiddishkeit, the only thing I have to is Hashem. When it comes to Gashmias, less is more. The less, 
the less that I have and, and the less I focus on it. If I have to have it, if I do have it, at least I don't make a big deal about it. That's not the to- topic for discussion. That's not what I talk about, about my beautiful car and, or my beautiful uh, d- uh, dining room set that I got. And there are people who that's the focus of their conversation with people. And Rabbi Nezal teaches us that a religious Jew, their focus in conversation is about Hashem, serving Hashem, getting close to Hashem, <coughs> fulfilling the mitzvahs, etc., etc. Regarding thinking about giving my life up to Hashem, I know that Rabbi Akiva willingly gave up his life. And today, there's unfortunately people killed by terrorists against their will. But I haven't, lately in our generations, we don't see people willingly give up their life for religion, willingly. So, to be honest and practically, what does it mean we should think about willingly giving up our life? We, we haven't seen it in our generations. It's true. <clears throat> what you're saying is true. <clears throat> but a person has to think, I would be willing. In what situation? What, what, what one, one perfect example is, about a hundred years ago, in a city called Uman, there were 30,000 people approximately, not all of them lived in Uman, but Uman was a fortified city. And because of that, when the Hadamaks and Cossacks were roaming and, and blood plundering and murdering, many people ran to Uman for refuge. It was a walled city, and the feudal lord who was in charge of it liked the Jews, and he locked the city, saying he would not allow these, these murderers and everything to come into the city. And people thought that they were protected. There's a whole story how it evolved that he ended up being tricked and he did open the city and these murderers came in and they murdered and plundered. They killed his daughter, Sophia, and the Sofievka Park was named for her. But then they took to the Jews and they started murdering the Jews and, and they, they set up a cross and they said, whoever bows to the cross will live. Whoever isn't willing to bow to the cross going to be hacked to death. And every single person, men, women, children, did not bow, no one bowed to the cross. And for three days, they went on murdering, hacking people to death, murdering approximately, the numbers were told is about 30,000 people. How do we know this? Because there were some people that hid out in a cave. There was a tunnel, a cave, who came back after they heard the screaming and the crying stopped. And, and the army came in to chase out those marauders, et cetera, et cetera. And they, they gathered together the remains, what they could of these 30,000 people, and buried them in a kever achim, a gigantic, these two gigantic, gigantic ditches. And Rabbi Nachman, when he was 30 years old, was traveling through past Uman and came to this site. And he knew about this. He knew, and he said, and my Rabbi, Rabbi Michal Dorfman, explained, Person says 30,000. I'm not impressed with 30,000. In Auschwitz, you had mil- one million people were murdered. In Au- one million Jews were murdered in Auschwitz. And six million, what's 30,000? The difference is these 30,000 were given a choice. 
that term willingly, they willingly accepted to be murdered, hacked to death, rather than bow to a cross. So this isn't something that took place, just took place a few thousand years ago. No, 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 no. This is not 1648. This is 30 years before Rabbi Nachman was born. What I'm talking about, 30 years before he was born, this pogrom took place, this, this massacre in Uman. 1768, I believe, is the year that, that, that it took place. So, so it, it's a little... We, we know that there was... There is such a thing. There is such a thing. And there could be even rare cases today. We read about the Spanish Inquisition, where again, people there, some of the people there were put to the test, convert, you, you, you'll live, no problem. And they said no thanks. And tortured, Rahman al-Islam, tortured. We, should, we shouldn't know from this but again, we have to try as best as we can on our level to imagine that if I were told, bow to the cross, I remember my Rebbe Rav Rosenfels when he spoke about Yom Kippur, at the final, the grand finale at Milav Yom Kippur is Shema Yisrael Hashem Hashem And he said, based on all the, the Mephoshim, that a person, when they're saying that Shema at the end of Yom Kippur, is supposed to picture that I'm standing in front of a firing squad got guns drawn and saying give up your religion or else and my answer is no I'm not giving Shema Yisrael I'm not giving up and all the bullets are coming from all sides tearing me to shreds and I'm, I'm satisfied I accept it willingly that that's one of the times of this beetle again after going through the Holy Kippur after fasting and not this and not that all of this closing our eyes to the Chesu Dayama experiencing this beetle and there is a little bit of this on Tishabov. We're about this afternoon is going to be from midday on today, Erev Tishabov. We're starting to go into Tishabov mode. We're not allowed to learn Torah other than things related to Avelis, etc., etc. And on Tishabov, they're not eating and they're not drinking and the sitting on the floor and the taking off our shoe, leather shoes, all the discomforts is all a form of closing our eyes, which results in the birth of Moshiach. We're told that on Tishabav is when the Geula is, is, is being born, coming through this tremendous beetle. Question in the chat. Correcting our attitude to money is the main form of Tikkun HaKelim. Does this mean that money is one of the main vessels for coming close to Hashem? The answer is conquering Taivas Momoyim. Overcoming. In other words, money is called Elokim Acherim. It's called idols. Idol worship. It's the antithesis of Hashem when it's being misused. And the more a person uses their money for Hashem, buying food for Shabbos, buying clothing for Shabbos, buying better clothing for Shabbos, for a wedding, by using money the way the Torah defines to use it, that's the greatest tikkun akelin. That's why when a person comes, when a person leaves this world, the first question that the person is asked in the Bezin Shamala is, How did you conduct business? How are your business, how did you deal with money? Did you deal with money properly or not? And that's why in the story in Sipurimaisis, the story of the Baltfila, Rabbein Zalveh defines that there were all kinds of problems, 
The biggest problem was the country that worshipped money. That was the one that was most difficult to be able to help, as we see today. Paragraph Yud Gibel, and this is why we have the famous statement in the Gemara, in the beginning of Brachas of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoi, that three, there are three major items which a person can only achieve through suffering, through struggle, through difficulty. Vehem Torah, the Eretz Yisrael, the Olam Haba. Rav Zal says, Ki hakoil echod. Because all three of these things are really one. Ki oilam haba hu as we've been learning throughout this halacha, the tachlis, the ultimate, ultimate, is oilam haba, the future world. She'oz yiskayim bayoyim hahu yihiyeh Hashem echod echod. How is oilam haba defined? Then Hashem will be one and His name will be one. Then he won't be known, it's the Sifrei Kabbalah tell us, he won't be known as yud Vavke. he'll be known as Yihyeh, yud Yudhei. That's an example of the oneness. Today, there's channel A and channel B. There's higher Hashem, Kaviochel, and lower Hashem. There's yud and Vavhei. By Yoim Hahu, Yihyeh, it's going to be yud there's going to be oneness. One, 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 one. Kul, Shiekul Yechon, Kanal. And as we learned throughout this halacha, the only way a person can connect to that oneness is through struggles, difficulty. Usually that's what pushes us to close our eyes to all the nonsense in this world. Remember we have the, the Zohar Kodesh says, it says, Uparoi Hikriv that when the Jews left Egypt and they were headed towards the Red Sea and Paroi came chasing after us with blood-curdling screams and with knives and swords and we're going to kill you, Paroi brought us close to Hashem. When we're under duress, when we're being chased by, by Paroi, all the Parois of the world, Hikri, that brings us close to Hashem. That's when we forget about what we're having for lunch and what we're having for supper and which restaurant we're going to. That's when we're screaming Hashem. V'zehu b'chinas Torah. And that's what real Torah is all about. Ki mishom kol Torah. Because it's from this act of closing one's eyes to the materialistic world and, and reaching up to Hashem, that's how a person receives Torah, mehoreshimu shalabitul, from the imprint of that beetle that the person achieved when they went up to that top floor. And remember, the beetle came about through suffering. And this is also what Eretz Yisrael is all about. Because in Eretz Yisrael is where you have the holiest place. Where a Jew can nullify and negate himself completely to Hashem. And I'll be able to draw that light of Rishimu and attach it to one's heart properly. 
Because in order for a person to be able to receive Torah from that, the light of that imprint of the beetle and bind it to one's heart properly, that requires purifying your whole body and according to how much a person purified their body, that will define to what degree the person is to attach the Torah to their heart. Now remember, we say in Oleinu, you will know and you will, uh, you, will, uh, you will communicate it to your heart. There's two issues here. A person knowing what the right thing to do is. I know I shouldn't eat that second or third piece of cake, but in my heart, my heart desires. My heart desires. The emotions, the taivas are especially in the heart. So unless I was successful in bringing that light down into the heart and binding it solidly to the heart, I'm not going to do the right thing, even though I, know, I sort of know what's right. And in addition, a person has to be in a holy place in order to achieve this. And that's why the Gemara says at the end of Ksubas, A person who's living in Eretz Yisrael, that person, it's like they have Hashem. Because the main light of Hashem that comes from this, this glow of the, of the Rishimu, when a person does beetle, is in Eretz Yisroel. And that's why if you look throughout Chumish Dvorim, it's focusing a lot on Eretz Yisroel. Because the real fulfillment of the Torah, which comes from that light of the, is in Eretz Yisroel. And this is why a person has to endure suffering and struggle and difficulty before a person is zeched to come to Eretz Yisroel. Now, come to Eretz Yisroel means two things. It means physically going from Chutz Laretz to Eretz Yisroel, and come to Eretz Yisroel means to come to, Eretz, to come to achieve the Kedusha of Eretz Yisroel. Remember, Reb Shmuel Shapiro, who lived in the previous generation, when they asked him that a person who says, Likutet Filois, and in Likutet Filois, there are many Tfilois there pleading with Hashem to come to Eretz Yisroel. What about if a person lives in Eretz Yisroel? What should they do? The answer is they should say in those tefillahs, they should insert the words to come to the holiness of Eretz Yisroel. A person could be living in Eretz Yisroel and they're in China, they're in Mongolia, they're in the Bronx Zoo because they're not connecting to Eretz Yisroel. Ki habitul anal, because this beetle, this ability to close one's eyes to the physical, materialistic world, usually comes through suffering, struggle, difficulty. Now note, we're talking about echod, oneness. The Arizal reveals a secret on this, mish- on this Gemara, 
that these three things, Eretz Yisrael, Chaye Olam Haba, if you look in the Gemara, in Rashi there, the wording is Chaye Olam Haba, and Torah, the first letters spell the word Achas, one. And this is the Achas that Dovod HaMelech was mispalo for, in that Tfilo, L'dovod Hashem Oiri Ve'ishi, where Dovod HaMelech says, Achas Sho'alti Me'es Hashem, there's one thing that I ask Hashem for. What is it? Shifti Be'es Hashem Kol Yemechayai, that I should be zeichet to reside in the Be'es Hashem. Lachsois Benoyam Hashem, to see the splendor of Hashem, Ulevaker Be'hecholoi, that's all this beat that's being zechet to be in the throne room of Hashem. Where is that? It's Achas. It's Eretz Yisroel, Chayo Haba, and Torah. That's the base Hashem. That's Lachsois Benoyam Hashem Ulevaker Be'echolo. Any questions? Oh, very important question now in the chat. But suffering do- doesn't always lead to Beetle, for example. After going through the Holocaust, there were more people who abandoned Yiddishkeit than people who came close to Hashem as a result of it. You're 100% right. And this, this requires, this is tzaddikim, very righteous people, or those who are zeicher to be righteous, they're the ones who use this, the struggle and difficulty as a springboard, a diving board, to go into that beetle, whereas unfortunately the majority don't. And this is why I'll never forget that I was once, once had the privilege of walking with my Rebbe, Reb Michal Dorfman, to the Kaisal Marovi. And we were walking towards there and he was thinking of what he wanted to say to Hashem. And the thought that came to his mind at the time, and he, he expressed it, he verbalized it, he said, Hashem, you had a Holocaust, you had an Inquisition, how many new customers did that bring you? How many people became religious through that? We see that that formula doesn't really work so much. There are a small amount of people who survive it and they get stronger in their Yiddishkeit, but, but, but that, that didn't bring you so many new ballet tshuva. When you, give us, when you show us a smile, when you give us shefa, when the Jews experience success, we know the Milchemet Sheshes Hayamim, the, the, the war of 1967, where the entire world saw Hashem's love for Klal Yisrael and for Eretz Yisrael, where Eretz Yisrael was surrounded by million, uh, uh, 200 million enemies, I think at the time was the number. And in Eretz Yisrael, at that time, there were only about two or three million Jews. That was the ratio. And the enemies surrounding us had thousands more weapons than we did. They were armed on all sides. And Hashem showed his deep love for Klal Yisrael, and he showed that Dovar HaMelech defeated Goliath, that the Rabim Biatmiatim, Tmeim Biatohoyrim, like the miracle of Hanukkah, there were many, many people that became religious from that. People in the army, those who were honest, pilots, who saw that this wasn't them, this wasn't my great knowledge of flying that did this, that this was purely a miracle of Hashem, that Hashem orchestrated things in such a miraculous way that they were able to defeat all their enemies and they were about to conquer Syria, Egypt, Jordan. They were headed into those countries. They were going for the capitals of those countries and had the world not begged them to stop 
Eretz Yisrael today would have been, we would have had Syria, Jordan, and Egypt would be part of Eretz Yisrael. They would be Jewish neighborhoods. You'd have mikvahs and shuls and yeshivas in there. So that brought Hashem a lot of clients. But Rabbi Nazar is telling us here, based on Rabbi Nazar's words, that for those people who want to know the real truth, the emes or emes, the emes or emes is that all of our struggles and difficulties are all to bring us closer to Hashem. If we interpret it correctly, it'll bring us closer to Hashem. Unfortunately, it's true. The majority don't. So then what are you telling me? That Hashem made all of this for the minority? The answer is definitely yes. That's written all over the Torah. That you have billions of non-Jews and the Jewish nation makes up a fraction of the world. And in the Jewish nation, those who believe in Hashem and observe Torah of mitzvahs are a fraction. And within those who observe Torah and mitzvahs, those who are getting it right are another fraction. And, and that's what it's, and it's really all about them. All about them. Everything else has a certain level of importance, but no comparison at all to that ma'at. There's a possibility, toiv ma'at latzadik mehamoin reshoim rabim. A little bit by the tzadik is more, is better than a multitude of reshoim. Any questions? Now Rabbi Nelson Zal finishes this piece, paragraph Yudalad on Ekev, Hashem will guard and protect for you the covenant and the kindness that he swore to your forefathers. The Shomar Daika, guarding, protecting. Hashem will guard and protect the chesed that he's going to bestow on us that will be able to receive it in a positive, beneficial way that that flow of chesed won't overwhelm us it won't drown us, it won't destroy us as we learned earlier that when you don't have the proper kalim the chesed destroys you and that's why, even though Hashem already swore to our forefathers that He's going to show us Chesed, we will not be able to receive that Chesed in a beneficial way unless we fulfill the Vahoyo Ekev Tishmun. That will be able to hear the Torah in our feet, meaning my feet stand up in a straight path. My feet are going in the righteous path. That means in all of our financial possessions, in all of our materialism in the world, we're going to have Hashem in there. We're not going to leave Hashem out of it. Will be so solid and so committed to the Torah and mitzvahs, whereby our money will not take us away from fulfilling the Torah. My work, my job, my everything will not take me away from davening and learning and fulfilling the mitzvahs. 
כי שום בחמדס המומרים, שום עיקר החששו שלא ישכח את השם יספורך על ידי ריבוי המומרים. Because the Torah makes it perfectly clear to us that one of the most powerful things that can get a person to forget about Hashem is money. כמו שכוסוב, and especially a lot of money. כמו שכוסוב, as it says in חומש דבורים, I believe Parshas Ekev, וחסב וזוהב ירבלוך, you're going to be successful, you're going to have a lot of money, ורום לבבך, you're going to become arrogant, ושוכחתו את השם עליכך, you're going to forget Hashem. וכמי שכוסוב, and as it says in the beginning of חומש דבורים, when Moshe Rabbeinu says, why the Jews made a golden calf, ודי זוהב, because they had a lot of gold. כמי שדורש רבי סנא זוהב, אז זה גמר סיסם ברוכס. אבל אם תזכה לשמוע את משפטי התורה גם בבחינת עקבן ורקלן, אבל אם תזכה לשמוע את התורה, אפילו בפנים, אפילו בפנים, אפילו בפנים, דהיינו בסוח המומן, אין יור גשמיוס, שיור גשמיוס לא יהיה בלעד רוחניוס. אין יור גשמיוס, אני לא אעשה את זה בגלל המקום. Unless it's a seum on Torah, or unless there's a dvar Torah, the highlight of the party has got to be the dvar Torah that's being said at the Torah. Shabbos, I have a beautiful, delicious meal. The highlight is the brachos that are being said, the dvar Torah that's being said. And thanking Hashem that this is all Hashem's blessing. Ve'oz v'shomar Hashem l'chos ha'chesed. Then your chesed will be, the chesed that Hashem shows you will be protected. that no enemy will, will have any power over it, so that Hashem, if Hashem wants to show you a lot of chesed, it will not harm you in any way. Because the Gemara says, a person who wants to become pure, who wants to be pure, Hashem helps that person. And since you are making a genuine effort to remember Hashem even in your Gashmias, you're, you're not saying that when I'm in shul, it's all about Hashem. When in my house, it's my house. This is my house. I'll do whatever, I'll say whatever I want in this place. This is my food, my house. A person will not say any of that stuff. גם השם יסבורך ישמר לכו החסד. Then Hashem will protect the chesed. דהיינו שישפיע לכו שפע החסד בשמיר הגדולה. Hashem will send you a flow of chesed that's tremendously protected באופן שלא יזק לכו כלל, so that it won't harm you in any way whatsoever. בבחינס, as we say in the ברכס קויאנים, יבורך לכו השם. Hashem should bless you with what? Rashi says, the Gemara says, B'momoyim, V'yishmerecha. But it requires Shmirah. If there's no Shmirah, you're finished. Min ha-mazikin, he'll protect you from the mazikin. Shelo yaziku l'cho ha-mazike alma, so that all the damaging, destructive forces in the world will not harm you. Shelo yis'achzu b'cho, they won't be able to attach themselves to you. Al yidei ribuy ha-momoyim chas-shon. as a result of the large amount of money, the wealth. V'oz daika, and then v'ahevcha uveirachecha v'hirbecha uveirach privitecha priyamasecha. This is the continuation of that Pasuk in Ekev. Hashem will love you, bless you, He'll give you a lot, He'll bless the fruit of your womb, your children, 
everything. Ki kol hatoiv. He'll give you all the goodness. Ki lekapel shefa chesed. Because you'll be able to receive a multitude of chesed. Ayudei tikun hakelen. Because you were misaking the kalim, because all the money, all the wealth you did have, you treated it the right way. You never forgot Hashem. You never left Hashem out of it. Again, a person earns a lot of money. They, make, they receive a sum of money. Step one, Miser. Step one, Hashem. Hashem is first. And now, all, now it's holy money. Not just the Miser, the 100% money. Now it's holy. I, I was Mekadesh all that money. Any questions? And with this, we go into Tishabov. And again, Tishabov is a form of Beetle. We say some of the, on, one of the highlights in the Kinois on Tishabov is the same as on Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, in the Musaf Shmon Esrei, the repetition that the Chazan says, there's a paragraph there, one of the holiest paragraphs, Arze Halavonoim which speaks about the ten great tzaddikim that gave up their lives, al-Kiddush Hashem, that were murdered by the Roman king in order to be a tikkun for the ten brothers of Yosef HaTzadik, where, where the problem there was machloikes, sinas chinam, etc., etc. We, read, we say that on Yom Kippur, and we say it on Tisha B'av, towards the end of the Kinois. We have that paragraph, which again is about Beetle. These ten Sadiqim got to the highest, highest place in Ganeiden through this Beetle, through this Hashem Echot. One of them, it says, was in the middle of saying Kiddush Friday night, sanctifying the Shabbos, and they didn't let him finish the Kiddush. They murdered him during the middle of the Kiddush. This is all examples of this Beetle, this incredible Beetle. We should be Zoycheh. There's a, a halacha at the end of Likuti Halachas, which we learned once before, when we learned Chesh Mishpat, where Rav Zal says that there are certain dates that are written in the Zohar Kodesh when Mashiach is supposed to come. And we see that instead of Mashiach coming, there were major pogroms, major horror things that took place. And Rav Zal explains those were special times when there was supposed to be a sanctification of the name of Hashem, a Kiddush Hashem. It could either come through honey and sugar, or it could come through poison and bullets, Rahman al-Islam. If we're worthy, if we do the right thing, then we get it through Moshiach, through that glorification. If not, the Kiddush Hashem has to happen. Chas Hashem what happens the other way. We should be zeichet to see Hashem's chesed in its purest form, the Gula Shleim, the coming of Moshiach, b'mher b'amenu, amen v'amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Sure. Baruch Hashem.